0: Welcome to the Skulls of Wrath album of the week. Uh, and this week we have uh, New Zealand's own Wellington's Bullet Belt with their recently new album Nine Centuries. Now um, I have the feeling that this is uh, a bit of a different beast to Rise of the Banshee, certainly in my mind. Uh, well, so in my mind, it's sort of uh, an album like Rise of the Banshee had a certain genre defying aspect uh, about it. Um but you know it was still sort of heavily rooted in an extreme metal sound. With ninth centuries I feel like it's sort of there's some more influences taken from outside of specifically extreme metal, uh some almost retro sounding metal in there. What do you think of that, uh Ross?
1: Uh, uh I I think you're kinda sort of hitting the nail on the head in terms of uh what we were um we would initially sort of um as far as a plan of the musical direction anyway, uh, the, the difference between, between nine centuries and uh, our last album, Rise of the Banshee was um, we were kind of trying to bring a few more kind of classic influences into our little version of, you know, what could broadly be conceived as black metal and, and sort of, and, and, you know, and always like a, a, a conscious shift away from calling the band black metal and calling ourselves a heavy metal band. So, we, we were really just sort of, as the songs were evolving, we were realising that, you know, this kind of direction is a little bit more broader, I guess, in appeal. And so there's a few more kind of melodic moments in there, uh, especially on the instrumentation side of things, and solos, and a few more solos in the last album, obviously. And, and um, yeah, so I think, yeah, you're you're pretty, pretty much uh, on the hit, hit the... hit the nail on the head there. So,
0: yeah. I did notice... Um... Even a part of your, I guess, your choice for gigs, um, I have noticed in the past you've um, played alongside, um, I guess you've sort of done gigs with punk bands and sort of, I mean, even recently, Dragon Force. I know there's a tie-in with Steve, of course, but that's sort of off the cover. I guess it's sort of, does that sort of open yourself up to more things maybe that you're after that you're sort of having more fun with?
1: Uh, I I think we're, we, we, we were just really interested in, Playing with um, other bands uh, of of any genre, really, just you know, bands that we might like, or or you know, didn't really want to pigeonhole ourselves into saying we're just going to play with black metal bands and just just stick down that path. We we just find it more interesting um, to um, to pick bands of other genres, if you like, um, that we just think will be cool gigs to play. And and I think obviously we feel like our style. As it's kind of, you know, evolved or matured or whatever you want to call it, um, has uh, has enabled us to kind of fit into almost any sort of genre. or band we feel anyway, you know, within the sort of heavy, heavier end of the spectrum. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I guess I guess it's just a matter for us. It's just a conscious decision of of not trying to just play the same with the same bands with the same genre and and you know just trying to be um, yeah, just take a different approach to the to the live shows as well as, as the music evolves.
0: There's a, obviously, you've got a lot of uh, passion for local music. I mean, you've got uh, Headless Horseman, uh, for one thing. Um, and it's just, there's something that sort of inspired me, just reminded me, because I know there's a few people up in Auckland, uh, musicians and all that, that I'd uh, come across, and there's just something really sort of appealing or uh, something about that. And I, I was going to say that this is... Uh, part of the impetus behind me talking to more local bands um, despite a pretty obvious step is um, that sort of reminder from your that passion that you had on that radio show
1: right oh that's cool to hear um, yeah I mean I think where Steve and I we, you know kind of we grew up in the, the sort of uh, we're, I guess we're in our 40s and and we'll kind of listen to music all our lives and and I think particularly for us too, we've always kind of grown up with attending live shows and stuff like that and so you're always, you're always kind of hearing about, well for us anyway, we're always looking for and hearing about um, local bands and going to see them and I think sometimes the focus can be very much international looking, you know, you're just seeing all the big bands that are, you know, on uh, nuclear blast, or you know, touring through the states and, and the in and Europe and the big festivals and stuff. But you, I think, w- when you sort of sort of look a bit closer to home, even to Australia and things like that, you find that the, the actual quality of the bands and the styles of the bands are all all represented and represented in your local area in some form or another. So you know, we've got we've got lots of um, you know lots of amazing music coming out of New Zealand, and it just seems a bit of a shame sometimes that that um, uh, it kind of gets overlooked um, because, you know, the, the focus uh, may be on, on on a more international kind of level. Um, and and all we we're trying to do was just uh, maybe highlight some of those local bands and say, hey, I mean, this is, you know, especially the recording quality is getting better all the time with bands. Um, uh, there, a lot of bands are going into, you know, professional studios to record and so the quality is I, what we feel is improving. And so it's, it's just, uh, we, we just kind of feel like, um it's something that we do and, and, and it's worth playing because the music's good and so yeah. Uh why why ignore what's happening in your backyard and you've probably got more chances of seeing, you know, like Carnal or or um, you know, just one fix or whatever at your local gig than you are going to see, you know, Sepultura you know, or, or whatever, you know. So, um, why not highlight those bands and give them a chance to sort of shine a little bit as well? So yeah. So it's not, not not really conscious, it's just something I guess in a way that Steve and I are particularly interested in and curious in uh, about the the bands and the scene that we're playing in and, and hopefully we can help support them by giving them a bit of airplay as well. So yeah. Uh,
0: your promo I guess I guess your sort of marketing or whatever it was for down in the cold of the grave. Mm-hmm. um back in 2012 or 13 or whenever it oh, was yeah yeah this was and i've told this anecdote before is it was um it wasn't too much before i actually received your um a package from you that i actually had uh, dj waste master who was in uh no tags
1: oh yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and he sort of he was on um dubhead's um uh, reggae show which uh name escapes me at the moment you're just a guest selected, is playing some tunes. He's in town from California somewhere, and he, happened, he just goes to me and goes, "Oh, do you know this Wellington band, bulletbath?" Um, and at the time, I just heard murmurings online, uh, the infamous New Zealand metal scene online. Sure. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, sure, the extreme metal band. That's basically all I knew about you." And he's sort of running down, and then all of a sudden, I get this uh, amazing package in the mail with with the CD, and um, they'd even put a little mini poster and, and written on the back of it. Uh, and I thought that was uh, an awesome thing. I haven't forgot it since, and you've sort of made a fan for life out of a random radio DJ from Auckland. Oh, cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, yeah, we, we do try and do that, just, you know, uh, include as much as we can, you know, in those little packages to, so ho- to hopefully, you know, just show people we do appreciate them. You know, even listening to the music is, you know, is a little bit we can do. So. Yeah, no, it's
0: just, I guess sort of one thing I was wondering, um, I guess it sort of folds into one of my generic questions as well, because I'm sort of interested in. That side as well, but I was wondering what your background in that side so of think You don't have a marketing background or anything like that, do Because that was a, kind of an unusual to see sometimes. No.
1: <laughs> well, I think what what it probably uh, stems from is that we're not like like I said, you know, I've, I was I was lucky enough to get in on the end of the tape trading scene, and also like a big you know like receiving packages. From overseas, and you know, ordering stuff from overseas, you know, physical product, and never really kind of buy, and still to this day, read really don't really buy a lot of stuff online. But um, like as far as digital, and so, uh, and and I thought always thought it was cool that when you get a package from um, you know somewhere in South America or Europe or, America or North America, that they often the bands would include flyers or from other releases or shows, um, stickers, and just anything they kind of had lying like, around because it was still at that stage, real physical kind of medium, and so there's no internet really. And so, um, uh, and I always thought that was really cool. And, and I, so I kind of just try, you know, at the moment, just try and carry on that tradition of just saying, hey, you know, you know, if we can and we've got the budget for it, or um, or um, you know, the, the the kind of the kind of product in stock. Um, uh, we just include as much as we can with those packages as we send them out because, you know, I think it's just I think it's just something cool you can hopefully give to people. Um, especially like old old posters from gigs and stuff that we might have left over. They're not they're kind of in a way they're just going to get thrown out or recycled as scrap or something. But but um so I think it's just cool to be able to send those on to people and just you know it's kind of part for me it's part of being in the heavy metal community as is, as uh, is, um those kind of trading and flyers and stickers or whatever else and just random stuff coming and 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 if I can do that for for people who like our band I think that's it's it's something that we really want to do uh, and yeah there's no I've got no background in marketing it's just all kind of it's uh I wish I did actually you know um definitely I've heard a few anecdotes uh, from people saying you know what's the you know what are the what's the next if after being a good you know, you know, trying to be the best musician you can and write the best songs you can, what's the next thing, this next skill you should have? And a lot of people do say if you've got some kind of digital marketing skill or marketing skills, that's, that's probably the next best thing to have, especially this day and age. So, um, yeah, but no, no formal training, just uh, the DIY, underground, heavy metal spirit. Uh,
0: the other thing too is your um, background in music because uh, ignorant old me being up in Auckland and with that, Awkward central centric focus that sort of seems to uh, be so much of a a mainstay up there. Um, uh, We sort of didn't really hear any any of uh, potentially of any of your work or your previous work in bands until uh, you've essentially emerged fully formed with Bullet Belt. Mm. Um, So I know with you've had uh, Perverter uh, or you've got Perverter on the go as well. Yeah. Um, But what is like, how did you get um, involved with music?
1: Um, well, I actually started out playing drums. Uh, I'm actually a drummer, you know, in in trade, really, uh, because I grew up in the South Island, a place called Milton, which is the south of Dunedin. So I grew up there and just uh, kind of mucked around in a few bands when I went to university there. And then when I moved to Wellington, um, nothing really too serious. When I moved to Wellington, I was in a band called Fire for a little while, playing drums. It just, again, it was... I was in my twenties then, and so it was—it was kind of more. Um, it was, yeah, it was more just a local band playing the scene in Wellington. Really, I don't think we played. Uh, I don't think we played. I didn't play in Hamilton. That was the furthest north we got, and that was just once. So, um, and re- really, it wasn't until I met Steve and um, uh, Bullet Belt. It uh, was well, Steve and I became friends, obviously, and then we just kind of because because I was a drummer at that stage, known as a drummer at that stage. And we were friends. We never kind of talked about getting a band together because that's you know it's not it's not the usual setup for a band is to have two drummers in it. But but, um, but you know so so the really the, the embryo of that was just Steve asking me if I played anything else because I think we were just getting on so well together as friends that it seemed like a good idea. We had a lot of similarities and 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 what we thought bands should be doing and you know the kind of like um, the structure of bands and stuff like that and the direction and, and those kind of conversations were always happening and then. And he just said, do I do I play anything else? And I said, oh, I play a little bit of guitar because I did. And so – but, yeah, nothing – I was more all self-taught. And there's no kind of – just kind of mucking around really, just doing my own stuff. And then um, – and he just said, let's have a jam. Let's get together. And, and that was kind of the embryo of uh, Bullet Belt. So it was it was kind of um, – so now it's kind of flipped over. Like I'm, I'm not known as a drummer at all. You know, like um, – a lot of people are surprised to hear that I play drums and Perverter because they they think that um, yeah that, that uh, they only know me as a guitarist from Bulletbound. So um, so it kind of it was kind of a, sh- a shift. Uh, you know, I guess uh, in a way it was it was about meeting the right person and Steve and I, the two of us, and being kind of you know taking the band a little bit more seriously and um, just trying to. Um, you know, push it forward, and 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 so, and then naturally, you know, the name starts to spread a bit, a bit wider than just the local Wellington scene. You know, so, so yeah, that's kind of where all all came
0: about. Yeah, cool. Now, one one sort of big question I was sort of wanting to ask, and sort of I'm trying to sort of tiptoe around and how to effectively ask it, but you guys have, uh, as as a band, quite an immense drive, it seems. Um, I guess you probably sort of. Touched on it here and there, uh, some of your previous questions, but I'm sort of wondering, um, maybe what's behind that drive or whatever, because it's un, it's not. Uh, unfortunately, it's not common for a lot of New Zealand bands to sort of be on par uh, with you guys, with with such a, a driving force behind you guys.
1: I think uh, I think it helps having two of us in the band, just kind of, uh, just just working away. Excuse me, at ideas and. Um, and just kind of being in the in the same kind of lane in terms of you know let's let's just look at all the possibilities that we could do and just work towards them and so you just you just chip slowly chip away at things and and instead of just kind of just talking about things over a few beers at the end of practice and then sort of forgetting about doing it. You actually, you know, the next day you kind of put a little plan into place and you put a budget together and you kind of see how you can, you you can make things work, you know? So we've been to Australia a few times and that's really all about, you know, and and in terms of that, it's just really, instead of saying, Oh, one day it'll be great to play Australia. You just kind of almost like, you just book the show and then you go, Oh my God, now we've got to get get ourselves over there and, and, and make it work. So, um, uh, yeah, I think uh, the drive. I think the drive is, is uh, yeah, I guess I alluded to a little bit with with Steve and I um, getting together and being friends and having a similar out, outlook on how, you know, um, uh, sort of musical kind of um, traditions of the bands that we've listened to and grown up to, and then and then having that similar idea of well, why don't we just instead of like. And a lot of bands have both been in, you know, you, you're sort of not really sure who, what what people want to do and do they want to travel. And whereas we were quite clear from the outset that, yeah, we were keen to travel and we were keen to play shows in other cities and we we're keen to record albums in studios and not just kind of do demos sort of um, or, or like, you know, home recordings and stuff like that. We were, so I, I guess it's just a different attitude in terms of. Um, and what we wanted to achieve. And we were kind of not, not, not a, not a, uh, like a, an absolute set in stone um, business plan per se, but just uh, a mentality of let's just keep things ticking over and let's just be proactive and, and actually put some work and our own money in behind the band to make these things happen. So, so that's kind of where we're coming from in terms of the, the, I guess the perceived sort of drive of the band is it's just, it's just trying to keep busy and focus and make the band a priority. That's uh, it's a, that's a big thing as well. You know, we spend a lot of our spare time. Uh, most of my weekends or, and evenings are spent doing some kind of administration for the band, or or um, yeah, you know, yeah, just it's just a lot of work behind the scenes, really. Yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough.
0: Uh, speaking of, uh, you mentioned studio recordings. I was just uh, watching one of your music videos uh, from Nine Centuries, the yep. the performance piece, or the, the bit, I guess, that was taken from. Uh, from the from the documentary and I didn't oh yeah yeah didn't realize that the lab is in Mount in mm. right next door to my old local pizza and chinese shop
1: Oh really which one, what's 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 it called what was the pizza shop called
0: Uh well it used to be um well, it's now
1: Dominos um Oh right okay sure yeah
0: But for over a decade I'm sort of wandering past there
1: Sure yeah, well, it's that. The, the, I think it's the Crystal Palace Theatre. Is that? The, mm. it's what it's called above it. Well, that's where we actually shot the Deathgasm music video. So we were really? actually, yeah. So that, there's an old theatre in there, and so we actually shot it uh, on just just on a day in the, in the stage there. And then you know a year later, we're downstairs in the lab recording the next album in there. So that, I thought that was quite funny. So we 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 weren't really familiar with the area, but it was. I thought it was interesting how you know we we pretty much utilized that building to its maximum potential <laughs> in the last couple, or three or four years. So yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, cool. Um, uh, but so yeah, so the album nine centuries. It's uh, is, that, is it a full concept album, or is it um, sort of touching here and there on the, some of uh,
1: the yeah. Uh, uh, um, there's one song in there called Orpheus, which is slightly departs from the the, the overall theme, and that's just a, an older song that we inc- decided to include on in the album. But the rest of the album was, you know, is based around Jolene's lyrics on the on the burning times and which trials and things like that. So, and um, yeah, so Orpheus was the only one that did, didn't quite fit in there, but it, you know, but basically, um. Yeah, the rest of the, the rest of the songs are all tied with a similar theme, and, and telling stories around you know, the the um, uh, yeah the, like the the persecution of witches for nine centuries yeah. So it's the title of the album. Yeah.
0: Uh, oh, the uh, first I mentioned it before and didn't sort of bring it up. The documentary. How did uh, this is? another uh, century is going to be your what's it? Your fourth release? Third. Third, third
1: album. album.
0: Third full length. The third full yeah. length. Um, yeah. And again, with the sort of I guess sort of touching on that sort of the idea of the drive, where did the idea? Or I mean, you come across with a come out with a documentary on the third sort of full length album. That's I mean, it's, it's an interesting watch. That's for sure. It's sort of interesting to see sort of behind the scenes uh, and all yeah, watching. But it's yeah. that's pretty crazy to come up with a. That's like a, an American, um, you know, one of these big name American band kind of things almost.
1: Yeah, well, I think, um, well, yeah, the idea was, you know, because we'd seen a few of those similar things before and we thought it was just another good, you know, a good opportunity to do something a little bit different for a New Zealand band. Um, and, and again, it was just, it was more about, you know, not just saying, oh, that would be a great idea and then letting it kind of fall to the side. It's just saying, well, how, who could we talk to uh, how can we make it work and you know what's the what's the budget we would need and just kind of exploring all those options and then you know we were lucky enough to have for Hal pizza to come on board and give us some money to help make that and so that meant that we could actually pay someone that um um ever beaten we could, we could get her in to in the studio with us and and film it professionally and get it edited professionally and so it looks it looks good because you know we actually paid someone to do that and that's the that's the um i guess the beauty of having a little bit more of like a little bit of a budget to kind of to give to people it wasn't a lot of money but it's you know it's um it's all extra cost um that you know we otherwise would have had to come up with ourselves and and um and it's just you know i guess we were we were you know just just another story for the band to tell and another sort of step up the road of looking like a trying to look like a professional kind of band and and um and hopefully people will take note of that and and support the band where they can. So yeah, that was that was kind of the the, the basis behind it. I mean, it is. I mean, I guess a lot of bands film it and then release it in sort of um, webisode type, you know, uh, three or four sort of parts. But we 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 sort of I think by the time we kind of got it all together, it just seemed to make sense just to have it as a thirty minute kind of um, uh, sort of mini documentary type thing. So. Uh, yeah, we, we were obviously really happy with how it turned out and it was a real, uh, I think it was a really good reflection of the time uh, when we recorded the album, how everyone was thinking and and um, yeah, it was certainly uh, interesting to be a part of that process and and uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Hopefully other people will uh, get on and take the take the 30 minutes out of their day and, and watch it all because I think it is it is actually a good little uh, companion to the album as a whole, just to kind of see, you know, you know, give a physical or visual uh, representation of you know how the album was formed and recorded. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: no, I think the uh, first time I went through it, the one thing I noticed was, and I, I sort of later realised that's obviously the uh, through line or the whatever, I mean, you're all very... Uh, everything they had to say about each other was uh, overwhelmingly positive, which in my mind is like, hold on a second, what's going on here? But it was all, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't sort of brown nosing anyway, it was sort of all constructive, it was all um, obviously uh, retelling sort of actual sort of attributes and that sort of thing. It wasn't just uh, talking for the sake of talking uh, or saying nice things for the sake of it. Um, I mean, uh, I guess sort of a part of the, you know, I guess sort of, i'm after a bit of a comment on that sort of positive sort of spin to things uh when you sort of talk about each other uh and the other thing a bit of a sort of a more jokey question is there a bunch of b-sides or you know big roll <laughs> or whatever where you guys are just ragging on each other
1: <laughs> uh, um well i, I think there is a like there was obviously uh i think everyone got about a 40 minute sort of session with amber one-on-one recording you know she would she sort of had a uh, reasonably, um, uh, reasonably similar, similar questions to everyone. And then beca- depending on your role, should vary off into different parts. So, but, um, yeah, I think there's, so there's a, there's a lot more footage of us talking. I think, um, uh, I don't know if we'd we'll ever get around to releasing that maybe one day, maybe, uh, but, uh, but, um, uh, yeah, I mean it was it was a positive experience. You know, like we were we uh, we enjoyed the time in the studio. It was only a week, so you didn't you didn't have a lot of time to get on each other's nerves. And we, like we were, you know, we were working uh, by the end. I think we did a I think it was a 14 a hour day at the end or something, or the last day, something like that, to get it all finished. Um, and so we were spending a lot of time in the studio. Uh, and you know, you're kind of working, you know, uh, working all day, working on your parts, you know, doing a bit of uh, getting a bit of downtime as well but um pretty pretty focused on on trying to make everything uh go smoothly as possible um uh, and yeah it was uh it was you know it was it was a cool time to be in the band and and I think everyone enjoyed the process um and that's reflected in the documentary as well and uh yeah and so the i think the b rolls um um i don't think i don't think ever asked anyone. In particular, was there something that you didn't like about the the individuals? I don't know if that – yeah, I think that would be uh, – I don't know how that would have gone down with everyone. But, anyway, but yeah, I think that the idea was, you know, like we're, we're obviously, you know, really excited to record the album. And so I think Amber, Amber's questions were all along those lines of, you know, you know, this is obviously, you know, like an amazing thing to be a part of. And, you know, it's kind of a unique thing to be a part of as a musician. You know, you, you don't often get to go into a professional studio and record full time for a week. Um, um, it's, you know, an expensive kind of um, uh, process. And so... Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I think the, the 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 style of the documentary was about, you know, this is uh, we're under pressure. We, we need to work hard, but uh, it's also, you know, this is you know as a musician, this kind of one one of the peaks of your career is to getting to record an album of your music professionally. I think, um, um, especially in our what, what we're trying to do anyway. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um. I guess just uh, in the future coming up, uh, we've got um, a couple of pretty decent gigs coming up internationally, at least. You've got um, uh, Venom Inc., uh, but that's that's that seems like a massive gig, and as well as uh, yeah, uh, Sabat from Japan as well. That's um, yeah. another yeah. awesome looking yeah. one.
1: This gonna be cool because yeah, we're we're bringing those uh, those the them over for uh, two shows in New Zealand. and We're playing with them in Australia as well, so we're playing on two of the Aussie shows too. So, so it's kind of a little mini tour for us. Mm-hmm through Australia and New Zealand with a, with a sort of international band. So, yeah, and obviously the Venom Inc. show is going to be uh, we're really excited to play that. Um, Steve, I know, was particularly excited. He's been a huge Venom fan his whole life and his followed him their whole career. Um, and so um, he's, yeah, he's absolutely buzzing to get on the stage and share it with them. And so, yeah, it's a, another great opportunity. So, you know, um, I don't. I, some of these bands, you never know if they'll be back in New Zealand. So, um we're obviously always encouraging people to, to um to go and see them. Um uh so yeah, I think Avena Minka going to Christchurch as well, I think. So so I think um and so is the Sepultura Death Angel show coming up. So so um yeah, you, t- you just kinda play these support shows but also encouraging people to go out and see them too. Um they uh, amazing bands, professional bands and, and there's quite a bit of hype around Venom Inc. and the new album of Ave, so um you know, like um yeah, the, the sort of uh resurgent uh Venom Inc. anyway. Um <laughs> and uh but yeah, but but you know basically, you know, two thirds of the classic lineup of Venom. So I mean this is about as close as a lot of people will get to seeing the original lineup. So um yeah. Well uh, bring it on. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: Um, I do think I want to, just to bring up is uh, strike of the beast as well. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, I'm trying to find the details on that just quickly, but, um, so yeah,
1: we're bringing Hellbringer over from Australia essentially to, um, to headline. Um, and, um, uh, and we've got a couple other bands, uh, neutralizer from, um, uh, Auckland are coming up for the first time. Um, uh, I'll just bring up the details here. But, and then uh, and we've got uh, Death Call from Dunedin coming up as well. So it's on the 17th of February. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just we, – we did a – obviously, this is the fourth one we're putting on. It's just a little festival thing that we're trying to kind of kickstart a little bit and, and sort of try and bring a few um, – uh, tr- try and, you know, bring some bands over maybe you know sort of headliner international type acts so hellbringer you know have have had a a pretty successful um release of their last album and so um um and so there's a bit of buzz around them so we thought this is a good opportunity to bring them over because we'd actually played with them before in sydney when i think was for the midnight show where we played over there a couple years ago and so we know kind of know the guys already and so it was pretty easy just to sort of um, say, hey, do you want to come over and do a show and and then yeah, just maybe highlight a few newer local bands as well, like neutralizer is, is three quarters of what used to be human. so um, um so they're coming up uh, to play that show. Um, we're also got um, Vargafrost from nelson and um, and yeah and uh, death call from Dunedin So so there's a bit of a south South island representation on this one. Um, yeah, and I think we we had we did it for um, the first three were for a year apart, but we had a bit of a break um, between the last one, mainly because we didn't really get the bands, you know, a, a line up together that we we thought would was was good enough, really, in a way. So we just thought we'd, and we were pretty busy anyway. I think we're in the middle of the. Um, I think it was two years ago we were sort of originally planned it but we were in the middle of like the the um, Rise of the Banshee kind of touring and stuff and so it was just kind of was just getting too much uh, to organise and I think the date also landed on like uh, a big event here in Wellington and so there's no accommodation anywhere either so it was just kind of it was getting all a little bit too difficult and, and so we just sort of um, put it on the back burner until uh, until next year but you, you know the, the band that we had confirmed for that was um Arc of Ascent, that was one of the bands we'd confirmed to play the original, but but obviously we just said hey look we're going to play some shows for to help promote Nine Centuries at the start of this year and just took them out with those shows instead. So we did an Auckland and a Hamilton show with Arc of Ascent, So yeah, I mean it's just it's just a little another little project that that Steve and I were keen to sort of push as a as a sort of festival uh, that we could put on relatively easily in Wellington and and um, again just you know just Pushing local music and and, uh, and and maybe getting the odd overseas or Australian um, headliner in, uh, just to yeah, you know, just to make it interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I um, I bring that up in uh, in part because uh, I only just recently uh, managed to actually sort it out. My um, I, my interview. I had an interview with uh, Dean from Death Call. Uh, for the oh podcast. right, cool. Yeah, yeah, I know Dean. Yep. Um, uh, and they put out their awesome new album, which is, uh, again, like a case I think we were talking about earlier, but there's bands coming up. Obviously, I mean, he's got some years behind him, so it's not like it's uh, yeah. He's sort of fresh out of the gate. But he's has that uh, Eternal Darkness is sounding quite good.
1: Yeah, yep. He sent me a link to the album, and so, yeah, I've had a bit of a listen to it. sounds cool, yeah. yeah. So we're looking forward to having them up. Yeah, we'd, again, we'd been talking to Dean for a little while because we were trying to get down to Dunedin for some for a show, for a Bullet Bell show, and, it, again, it just never worked out. Um, just with, um, yeah, just with the timing and, and um, the other, yeah, other stuff we had on. So so it was good. We, we just kind of kept in touch with them. And then when the show came up, yeah, it's, it's sort of where we were keen to bring them up, really, and play Wellington for the first time. I think this will be the first time they've been out of the South Island, I think so. So, yeah, and, and also the Death Court played at um, the uh, Satan Fest in Christchurch, and a lot, of people, a lot of feedback had come back to us saying that they were one of the standout bands from that weekend was that. Yeah, there were there was about and there was about thirty odd bands playing, I think. So um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're looking forward to them coming up. Oh uh, are you guys
0: gonna be doing a um a, a ninth century specific tour or is it just sort of uh, um, bits and pieces here but, and there? Like, uh, right?
1: just just I think we've got these support shows. Uh, so we've got we're playing um um, um a House Mash Fest, sorry, in Gisborne on the sixth of January. And so we're gonna play there and then we're gonna we've gotta the Venom Inc. show, obviously, and then the um, the Sabbath shows in May. So we've got a few little sort of gigs sprinkled out at the start of the year. So we're not quite sure uh, if, we'll, if we'll tour the album once it comes out because the release date is probably going to be in January now. So we'll have pre-orders up pretty soon, and then maybe the end of January we'll actually release it. Um, and at this stage we don't have a, a like a New Zealand tour plan for the actual release because we kind of did that. We were playing the songs, um, a lot of the songs – in May for the for our um, for the for the tour we did New Zealand tour we did in May so it was kind of it was a little bit like yeah we played the album live already uh, do we want to go out and play it again through New Zealand and we said well let's let's instead um, pick up a few supports where we can uh, we're going to go play Australia and then look maybe you know the, the I guess the, the the one on the back burner is to to move further afield than Australia so that so we're we're kind of the next move is to say, "Hey, like we've played Australia a few times, and we kind of get a feeling for that, but now is a chance for us to look further afield than australia so that's kind of the next next little stage of the planning um but yeah yeah, so and and that'll all be in support of nine centuries but but no specific tour at the stage here
0: yeah. oh, cool. uh, there's another sort of kind I of want to ask but kind of don't question with uh, as we mentioned sort of we've got the uh, in the music itself is sort of more, I guess, I don't want to say more broad appeal because that sort of has negative connotations, but um, kind so of got that sort of broader sound uh, mixed with some of the imagery, especially with that that awesome music video that you put out a bit earlier on with um, uh, Hannah Clutterface yeah,
1: model, Tesco Poland, yeah, um, the um, the uh, Clug the Night video, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, and your album cover, um, sort of. There's that sort of clash of the old sort of cliche of um you can you know, that sort of on american tv you know or whatever it is you can uh, in the media you can sort of show all the violence in the world but as soon as you show one boob that's, <laughs> that's,
1: you know yeah i mean you know like that, that in a way that was what the uh, like Jolene you know took control of the design of the album cover and that was kind of what she decided that she how she wanted to re- represent the album and you know it's it's around uh, witches and and and, um, and sort of that's almost like in a way subculture and you know um, and also the music video um, that again was was in the hands of the director um, Alex and he um, that was how he wanted to portray his, the the main character um, and yeah I think people are maybe yeah shouldn't be too concerned in terms of you know it's all very much from an artistic point of view we're not trying to exploit uh, women or anything like that. Um, We've left it up to the individuals, you know, in Jolene's case, um, how she wanted to represent the album artwork and uh, left it with that, really. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it might limit it in some places, but in in the end of of things, we're still relatively, you know, an underground kind of band, you know. um, And so we've still got the freedom to do, in a way, anything we want to do and and not be too worried about, um, um, you know, people being overly sensitive about you know the way the the female form is represented um uh, but yeah i mean i think uh yeah again it's just that's the artistic impression that the individuals decided to portray and uh yeah i was i was comfortable with having them uh, take control of that and represented how they wanted it to